to maximize your professional potential and value your personal well-being, it's important to have clarity in your life. Here's the real question. Do you have transparency when it comes to the purity and clear conscience of your mind? Are you someone who values faith and the tangible progressive potential that comes with it? Could you use some help in getting on the right path when it comes to this critically important and vibrant issue of the day? Well, if you answered yes, then you're in the right place because I had the privilege of having an in-depth conversation with my friend Kelly Keefs. She's a thought leader and the CEO of HeartSpace. She's also an international best-selling author who supports entrepreneurs, leaders, and spiritual seekers to elevate to their fullest level of clarity, execution, expression, and alignment with God. She considers herself to be a transformational catalyst for empowerment and prosperity. She's a Reiki master teacher and vibrational artist who has a deep passion for helping people live within our heart space. She's also the author of Rise Above Fear and she specializes in helping female leaders get clear on their destiny, erase their fears, and clear their mental blocks so that they can live the life they all deserve. And she joined me this week to tell me more. Without further delay, I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. Take a moment to welcome you to the program, and I'm super excited to learn how you help people transform their lives. Great to see you, and thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, Kelly, I wanted to start our conversation by asking you about your definition of what it really means to be a transformative leader and really lead from a place of empowerment. What do you think that means to you? Yeah, you know, for for me, I love the knowingness that someone who's a healer is someone who has simply learned how to heal themselves. And a leader is someone who has learned how to first lead themselves and then can support others into a space of becoming a leader. First of leading ourselves and then being able to lead others. So when we look at the transformational arts, it's the alchemy of an old version of ourselves 
into another version of ourselves, being able to release the old programmings and energies that no longer serve and allowing ourselves to continue to elevate within our mind, our body, and our spirit. So for me, it's about leadership of self and then just supporting others to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. And that ties into your professional mission of helping people sort of get aligned to their success. And it's all about fulfillment and alignment. So tell tell me about your mission. I know you're joining me today from Costa Rica. I know you just led a retreat having to do all about that. So tell me about your professional mission and how it's going for you. Yeah. So I started the Heart Space in 2016, and it continues to grow and evolve right alongside me. But there's a remembering and this mission that God has placed on my heart to support people in connecting again with God and being able to thrive in what that alignment looks like. So that way we can be living by design in our highest enjoyment you know, where it just cultivates more success and ease and grace. It doesn't mean that life is perfect and we don't have any of the challenges and struggles that come with the human experience because that's part of the territory. But I'm really about supporting us getting clear of what is alive in our hearts and then how do we create that life, bringing in the spiritual while also staying tangibly in the earthly realm so that way it's sustainable and profitable. Yeah, and, you know, I want to go back to something you said about the concept of healing just for a second and and sort of uh, intertangle that with with resilience because, you know, uh, Kelly, I'm going to share just a quick story about myself. So anyone anyone that listens to my podcast knows that I was born with what's called um, spastic quadriplegia. Uh, cerebral palsy simply means that I, I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. And I actually found out, uh, Kelly, at the age of nine that I would not be able to walk for the duration of my life without assistance. But I always uh, tell people that the tragedy of life is it, when it ends, it's refusing to live while we're still here. So how do you think healing and resilience are interconnected? Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, you know, I feel resilience. That's that warrior mindset, right? Of like where we can remember and like I celebrate that truth that you've embodied of like, yeah, I'm you're resilient and optimizing life no matter what, you know, God has created this lifetime. You know, for me, I've had a very I say I'm a powerful healer because I've had a very challenging life. I've gotten to learn how to overcome so much adversity. And to keep a resilient mind, stay focused on the positive. No matter what is happening in my situation, how can I bring myself back to a neutral mind and then into a positive mind? And to stay in that knowing that everything's happening exactly how it needs to happen. Because the way that it it happened this way, therefore it's proof that it needed to happen exactly how it needed to happen. And that takes a very resilient soul. To be able to stay in that truth of no matter what happens, I'm going to show up and I'm going to serve and I'm going to pour out love into the world. So yeah. powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kelly, I also wanted to uh, get your perspective on 
creating champions within ourselves. Because, you know, I believe that, that we've all been put on earth to share in the diversity of perspectives. So I'm wondering how you would define finding the champion within yourself and really allowing mm -hmm. that to resonate for, for your competitive advantage in life. So what does it mean to find the champion within ourselves? From your perspective. Yeah, I love that. So for me, what I like what comes up for me when I hear inner champion, for me, I connect that with higher self. You know, where there's these through a teaching of one of my teachers that I study with, you know, she teaches us that there are the different parts of ourselves. There's the mental body, the emotional body, the spiritual body, the inner mother, inner father, inner child, higher self, and the essence. And for me, when I hear inner champion, I connect that with the higher self. It's that version of ourselves that can see everything that's going and is in this highest expression of how we would show up in things. And so we have the opportunity when we're like, I feel really stuck or I can't seem to look through this perspective without being in a why me or a just feeling stuck there's the opportunity to drop in or elevate up if you will we're getting technical with the higher self which could be an inner champion of saying let me show you it this way and let me remind you of the soul curriculum that's at play right now in this life for the soul growth and the learning that can support us in refueling that resilience tank that you were talking about that's what comes up for me on that yeah absolutely and i know that you help people uh, sort of find their inner selves when we're talking about spirituality and me meditation and you've also already alluded to some of that but tell me how, how powerful do you think the art of meditation can be for people uh if they embrace it fully yeah, I mean, meditation is such a game changer of looking at it from the very grounded day-to-day -day life performance up to utilizing it to reach states of enlightenment. And when we go into meditation, if we look at it very tangibly, just with the physical realm, not even having to go into spirituality to start, when we allow ourselves three deep breaths, resets the nervous system, and it sends a signal to the mind and the body that it's safe to relax. So three deep breaths in and of itself will support the body going into rest, into relaxation, which makes us more receptive to things coming into our field. And then we can play with techniques like the Silva method or other meditation processes where we can shift the brain into alpha or beta waves that allows us to reach into these spaces that are the liminal space is what they're often called, where we can get those ideas or those insights of how to, you know, what to do with the business or what to create or how to navigate this situation in our lives. So we can utilize it in anything we're doing in our day to day. And then, yes, the spiritual column that is the spine when this is all in alignment, we go deep into meditation, we can access those higher realms, and those deeper parts of ourselves. So it's the gamut. It's really a choose your adventure, but meditation's a medicine for all. 
Yeah, of course. And, you know, I know uh, that a large part of what you your focus is on clarity and increasing both self-esteem and our inner focus. So I wonder, I'm wondering, uh, based on the um, society that we live in today, how important do you think it is that people really find uh, their own definition of clarity? Because everyone's level of self-esteem is just a little bit different, isn't it? Totally. Yeah, and I feel that's a beautiful point of also like getting clear on what clarity means for us. You know, something that I love when communicating with anybody, I do this a lot with clients because it supports us in understanding the belief systems that might be happening in the subconscious mind. So I do a lot of work with rewiring the subconscious mind and things of that nature is finding out what the definition of a word that's commonly used is for them. So when we say, you know, clarity, when you say clarity might mean something like we mean the same thing in essence, but when we say, what's your definition of it, it could be very different as well. So I'm with you of looking at, okay, so what is, when I say finding clarity, what does that mean for me and us supporting one another and getting clear on what does clarity mean for each of us? For me, clarity is okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm, you know, this is my strengths. This is my challenges. This is what I feel I want to create in this world. And, you know, so we just take a full inventory of who we are and where we desire to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Kelly, I'm a huge believer in, in the power of self-reflection and mm. internal motivation because, you know, it's my belief when we talk about expectations that we have to pour sort of our own foundation when it comes to setting goals for ourselves because, you know, it, it's good to have role models and, and people that we look up to in life, but if we don't have that internal motivation to mm -hmm. succeed, I think it gets really hard to sort of get the emotional and mental energy up to reach the level of other people's standard for ourselves. So how do you look at the concept of self-reflection and internal motivation? Yeah, it's a great one. You know, and it brings me to, you know, many seasons in my life where the inner motivation, what the flame of inner motivation wasn't alive and being in seasons of depression and sadness and not wanting to go on where my first company failing, you know, so like, like, I appreciate bringing also for anyone who's listening, like, it's okay, if there's been seasons like that. And it's okay, if you're in one right now, you know, the fact of us getting really honest with where we're at, and what is it the desire on the other side, and that's where that self reflection can come, because when we can really show up with, okay, this is where I'm at, and then say, is this where I want to be? If it were to be something different, I could wave a magic wand and it would be different. What would I desire? That self-reflection can start to tap us into the inner truths that are there that do want to come, come out. Because oftentimes we are looking to the external world to see, this is what I should be. This is what I should be doing. Oh, this person's doing it this way. I'm not doing it this way. So there must be something wrong with me. It's very easy to go into comparison 
and all you know we're shooting on ourselves of what it should be where when we start step into self-reflection we can start to get to know wait a second this is who i am and this is what i'm moving through and this is what i desire maybe i don't want that thing that everyone's telling me i should want maybe i want something different so we can start to access truth and then we can start to dial into that state of beingness and turn on the flame. Now, I'm someone where my connection with God is potent. It has changed my life. And I find that that's what lights my flame inside. But I'm not someone to push that on other people, you know, to of anything. That's not my, my role this lifetime. It's just to share that that's what lights my inner flame. But it's those seasons of getting clear of who am I? What do I truly want? Giving myself permission to want what I want and maybe not want the things people have been telling me I want. That really started to change some things for me and changes a lot of things for those that I work with in Permission Granted. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kelly, I also wanted to ask you about eliminating stress, you know, during the holiday season and really making sure that we have sort of an inner center of ourselves, you know, because, you know, during this holiday season, regardless of whether you celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday, it can be a hectic time for a lot of people because of the stress of the holidays and always sort of having to flip the switch of always being on. So I'm curious to get your advice about how can we sort of align ourselves to be sort of together from a mental health standpoint during the holiday season. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, so good. So one of my favorite permission slips to write, you know, is permission to pause. Permission to pause, y'all. You know, getting clear of self, of, no, I really need to take a step back. And I know I, air quote, should go and, run for that last minute store run to get the things. But if the body and the mind and the spirit are saying, I really need to relax, take the pause. It's okay. You know, we can get so much more accomplished in our day-to-day lives when we're in alignment. And so sometimes taking that rest is the most productive thing we can do for ourselves. Because when we do get back into doing or engaging with, with a group of people and family and you know friends and etc., we can be more in an energetic state to sustain it and we don't reach burnout. So my first invitation is take a break, take a nap, you know, and with when with a group of people or family, it's okay to have boundaries. Getting clear with self doesn't mean be rude. It doesn't mean to, you know, be unkind. But it's, again, that space of that permission to, I love you and I love me more. And I'm aware that, I'll use myself for an example. I'm someone where I need alone time. I can be with a group of people for a while and I love them. And it has nothing to do with anyone doing anything wrong. I'm just someone that I'm very sensitive energetically, so I need a lot of alone time to recenter and to recharge my battery. 
And so I've had to learn to communicate that with love of, listen, y'all, it's nothing personal. I'm just going to go dip out. And I just need to go kind of reset myself and spend some time alone. I'll be back in a little bit when I'm feeling good. My energy's just kind of dipped. And some people at first were like, what? And But then people have gotten used to it because I'm teaching them, this is how I love myself. Therefore, this is how you can love me even better. If you like it, I love it, right? That's the philosophy <laughs> there, right? Yes, I love that. <laughs> yeah. and, and Kelly, you've, you've referenced a couple of times the, the idea of writing permission slips in life. So for you personally, what's your favorite uh, per, permission, permission slip in uh, life to write? And why do you think it's important to write them on a continual basis? Yes. Oh, I'm so happy this came into the conversation. So for me, what is the one, and I've asked myself often, what do I need to write right now? And, you know, this concept came to me in 2020. And immediately I was so excited to go out and start teaching it. And I heard deeply, this was first for me to embody. And then I'll be have a chance to start to share it in the world. So two years ago, I started teaching my eight-week program called Permission Granted. And I would say I'm in a season with the biggest permission slip I keep writing myself is permission to like really own it. Like I'm aware that I help people change their lives dramatically and I love doing it and it's fun and they have fun doing it. So my permission slip right now is really to reach as many people and allow us to have those exchanges and for that to really continue to grow and expand. And my understanding of why this concept is so important, when we look at the subconscious mind, the subconscious mind runs 95% of our day-to-day lives. 95%! And it's subconscious, so we're not even aware of what is going on on the switchboard that is determining how we're living our lives. And the subconscious mind got programmed from the ages of 0 to 11. So this is prime time of when we literally would be in school or something and having to ask for permission from someone outside of ourselves to be able to do the things that we want to do and start to form these different beliefs and thought forms within ourselves. So as we start to look at Where am I looking outside of myself to have permission to do the things, to have the things, to be the things? We can start to take our power back and say, oh, no, 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 I can give myself permission now because I'm I'm, I'm grown. It's time for me. I get to, to do it. And we start to rewire and start to call our power back to ourselves in the now. Yeah. And, you know, I want to also ask you about the idea of creating a competitive advantage. Before I ask you the question, I'll give you a little bit of context. So out, outside of uh, hosting this podcast, actually, I have uh, organizations uh, from an HR perspective build an inclusive culture and really amplify the hiring of folks with disabilities. And Amazing. The angle that I take is, is that if you hire someone with a competitive advantage, 
<laughs> this ability, you're creating a competitive advantage. That's what I meant to say. So if you hire someone with a disability, you're creating a comp competitive advantage in improving your productivity. So how do you think we can create a competitive advantage in life that increases our productivity? Amazing. And one, epic work. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I want to connect you with a, a friend of mine who's doing similar work, but not the same, where it would definitely be a collaborative. I think you guys would have a really great conversation. But, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because I live in a world where the, the industry I'm in of coaching and the transformational arts and the healing arts there could be perceived that there's a lot of competition, but I really don't believe in competition in this sector of it. There's, again, there's different industries and different things, but I believe there's more than enough to go around and, you know, collaboration over competition. And I'm aware that, you know, my abilities this lifetime, how many lifetimes I've done this, or spending my 20s traveling the world, sitting with indigenous elders and spiritual leaders, and just my skill set this lifetime, yeah, it could be, I suppose, a competitive advantage because I'm, I get results, you know, so I could see that. And at the same time, there's a, an understanding within my own being of there's soul contracts at play. Like, I believe deep in my heart, you and I, at a soul level, we agree that on, you know, this day, at this time, we would meet and we would have this conversation and there'd be a mutual beneficial situation that's swapped and we needed to do something. And I kind of feel that in every facet of where I'm at, I'm, at a, I'm in a space of the industry and the sector I work in is playing in the energy a little bit of a of the new way of doing things at large where i'm not really in corporate um so it is a little bit of a different essence i feel a bit when i tap into it um and knowing that you know, everyone's my brother and sister and i feel that's a competitive advantage in some way shape or form you know where it's like everyone brings something to the table everyone has a piece of the puzzle and there, and that's um, the name of the game. Yeah, and you know, uh, I know that you're also an author and a, a keynote speaker. So tell me about uh, your ability to connect with people and and the role that those two roles help to help you connect with people. So how does that impact your life and your ability to connect with people? Yeah. I mean, I love people. I love humans. Um, I feel we all have so much to teach each other. And, you know, I can share so much and I can receive so much. And speaking and writing, I would say I've been loquacious, very talkative and a woman of words my whole life. I started writing books in my first chapter book was in third grade. So I was like, what, 10 years old? Um so the gift of word has always been a part of me. And it really hit me when I wrote Rise Above Fear that it was a way for me to be able to 
duplicate myself in many ways. And it's more of an opportunity to reach more people and to be with more people because, you know, I'm powerful and I put myself out there, but I am still finite. There's only so much of me and I only have so much time to be able to drop in and converse with every person. However, with the gift of writing, we all, and I believe we all have a book within us, at least one book within us, it gives an opportunity to be able to share ourselves with so many more people and share the message and the teachings that are moving through us with people all around the world. And the same with speaking, but there's another level in with the speaking because there's the element of voice at play and the synergy of what's alive in a room when people come together to have the conversations is, is really potent. And I, I just love it. Yeah, and before I ask you about your book, I'm also curious to ask you, in your opinion, what does it mean to mac maximize the true meaning of life? Because, you know, Kelly, I started this podcast three and a half years ago, and one of the reasons I wanted to do it was because I wanted to create more bridges of unity, because I looked at the world and I... And I told myself there had to be more that brought us together. So that's part of the reason I wanted to start the show. So tell me, under that context, what, is, what's the, what does it mean to you to maximize the fullest potential of life? Yes. And thank you for hearing the call on your heart and creating it, like truly. Um, I'm with you. I feel the maximized life. It is to utilize the, the triangle of love, truth, and God. And it's the same thing, you know, maximizing life, allowing ourselves to really seek the capital T truth and to live our lower T truth, to love as much as possible, to love everything, everyone, and to, to seize the gift that is the human experience. You know, when we're not in human form and we're just in energetic form, we don't get to have all the experiences that we get to have as a human and to create and remember, oh, we can create this lifetime. This is a gift. So it's really just seizing the gift that is the human experience, I feel, is the best way to optimize it and brings us back to that's different for everyone, right? The clarity of what that means for each person. Absolutely. Now. Tell me about your uh, writing your book, book because I know it was a, a undertaking for you, and I know you're all about also up creating uplifting opportunities and creating those spaces where people can really thrive. So you can take that question any direction you like, but I'm, I'm curious about hearing about the process of writing the book, why you wrote it, and why it's so empowering for you personally to create those uplifting experiences? Yeah. So <laughs> the first book I wrote, well, very first again, goes back to childhood, but we'll stay with from 2018 and on. Um, when I wrote Rise Above Fear, I almost feel like I didn't write the book. The book wrote me. Um, I started to feel... There was this creation moving through me, which is how I create a lot of the things that I'm up to in the world. And within a month, I wrote the first copy. I wrote the first draft. And through it, I was learning just as much as, as I was writing it. 
so some of it was, you know, had me, you know, God was using me to go and pull from old articles that I had written and taking, hey, know this practice you teach in this program, plug that in here. So there's a lot of pieces that have been coming together that then brought this all together in the book, Rise Above Fear. And it taught me, and I say it in the foreword of the book, that I was utilizing the practice and the process that's in that book to befriend my own fear around becoming a published author. So that was a really beautiful initiation by fire in many ways of allowing myself to come out into the world with as an author and sharing these teachings, which is really exciting because in 2024, I have a fiction novel coming out through Pegasus Publishing. So that will be a major bookstores at some point in 2024. We're finishing things up with that. And then I just wrote two more books last month. Um, so one of the two will also be coming out next year. So for me, it's, it is what lights me up when this energy is moving through me and I'm able to reflect back to someone the greatness that's available for all of us and to be able to have fun in that and then to create these dynamics of thriving together, it honestly just brings me joy. It's it's fun for me. And I feel that's the golden key of us tapping into what is our authentic truth and mission this lifetime. Does it bring us joy? Does it, when we're really in our hearts, is this what we would be doing? So, you know, doing that and then creating so many different forms of art in my books, in my physical art, in my music and all these things, I'm alive in my heart and my natural expression of extending my heart is I love you and I want to see you thrive and we can all thrive together. And, you know, here's, here's capital T truth for us to, to share. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, uh, Kelly, that music plays a big role in your life. So tell me about the role, of, the role that music plays and how that fulfills your life as well. Yeah. Oh, music's such a powerful medicine. And learning the intricacies of music down to it impacting the subconscious mind and how it can change the frequency in which we're vibing at through the world and it's essentially creating different trances on us so we can pick a positive trance or a very challenging trance and all these different things, it started to show me how quickly I can shift my energy and shift my mindset and my subconscious beliefs on the music that I'm listening to. And in 2019, my first song that I wrote and created came through and I was just like, oh no, we're not creating music. And God's like, no girl, you're creating music. <laughs> and so I've been in journey of creating music myself and started taking opera lessons and finding my singing voice and really tapping into the power of my voice and self-expression in that way. So the music journey of creating is still a huge alchemical process for myself and learning so much about myself within that and getting to witness when someone hears my song or they say, you know, this lyric was moving through through my head and it motivated me to get up and out of bed and go and follow the guidance I was getting. Like it really is impacting me of, wow, 
it touches my heart and it's changing so much within me. And it's a really fun way to support others. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kelly, I know you're in uh, Costa Rica today. So tell me about being in Costa Rica and really uh, having some time to recharge before we go into a brand new year. I know you're just uh, finished leaving a retreat, but tell me about being in Costa Rica and how good it's been for your internal soul. Why do you love, why do you love Costa Rica and what been, what's been your favorite part since uh, being down there? Oh, Kevin, you're, you're touching straight into the heart space. I love it. Um, you know, Costa Rica, I really feel like mi corazón. It's my heart. Um, I first came here in November 2020, and I continue to come back here as my recharge place. And almost to the point where I don't even want to tell people where I was bringing people to the, re to the retreat. I feel like I was opening my home to people. In many ways, I was. Um, it's a very special place. Um it has changed a lot within me in terms of the connections that I cultivated and being able to see what I was dreaming of, of the new earth, this frequency of co-creating with, with the earth and being in harmony with one another, seeing that we're doing it here. And it's so lush and so green. So there's such a rejuvenating essence to her. It's a, extremely feminine essence of the country at large where Costa Rica has never had a foot uh, army. So there's no military energy within the, the field. So it's a very calm, very peaceful, very more feminine. It doesn't mean that there's not a masculine energy. The men here are beautiful and masculine. It's not what I'm saying, but there's just a, a softer essence to the country at large and when I'm here it effortlessly supports me to slow down and move with the cycles of going to sleep much earlier and rising with the sun and watching the sunsets and being in nature and um, yeah it's just a really special place that my soul is like we can do this 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 works for us yeah sometimes it's important to uh, press the pause button isn't it Indeed. And, and, and you know, Kelly, I've got two questions left for you. And the first mm. has to do with the power of connection and its relationship to allyship. Because, you know what, when we, it's my belief, you know, that we, we've become so territorial in life that we've lost the ability to sort of have a conversation even if we disagree with a person, they still have the right to have their opinions and thoughts and heard by the masses because it's the way that I believe that we grow because no matter how many degrees you have on a wall, a wall you can always learn something from somebody else. So tell me, how do you think we can get back to a better sense of connection where we can have conversations with people to really move the societal sort of needle of progress forward. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kevin. Um, I'm with you. It's 
one, I'll, I'll address what I'm noticing is the challenge and then what I feel is a very potent solution way forward. It is where we've hit a space where it's a us first them. If anyone doesn't agree with your point of view on something, that's then there's a right versus wrong rather than, oh, we have a difference of opinion and let's explore this or, you know, a healthy debate. It's almost a lost art, you know, and I feel... And through my own practice within my own life and supporting others in this, there's a knowing that there's the ability to, rather than be reactive, move into responsiveness is the golden key to being able to sustain relationships and have a difference of opinion and maybe learn from one another. You know, I personally, I enjoy when there's a conversation that happens where there's different perspectives and points of view so it does several different things for me it can either really solidify within myself no what i believe is really what i believe and that is built on stone that doesn't mean i have to try to make them believe it it just affirms within myself no this is my truth this is where i'm at and then there's times where it has me start to think hmm what they're saying actually is something's resonating in there maybe my belief is changing and sometimes someone brings a whole new perspective to me where I'm like, wow, I've never looked at it that way. And it can help me grow and evolve, truly staying open-minded and open-hearted. Not everyone has to agree with me. I don't want everyone to agree with me. You know, that I feel that'd be almost a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. But we've created a society where everyone must agree on the same thing at all times. And it's a us versus them where rather we can just stay responsive. And get curious. Uh, you know, I always say that life is a constant game of learning, isn't it? And it sure, I hope so. If it's not, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, Kelly, my final question for you this afternoon is the way that I end all of my podcasts, and it's by asking you about about if I asked you to define your life and professional legacy how do you think you would want your legacy to be defined Hmm. i love this question you know i worked in a solar company for a bit doing sales and i had an amazing mentor manager at the time this was many 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 years ago but he taught it brought us through a powerful journaling practice once a week and one of the questions on there was what do you want your legacy to be and I'm that comes up for me and I feel there's an evolution for a year and a half. I always wrote everything she did. She did with love and I would evolve it even more to everything. She, everything she's done has grown the heart space. And there's so many layers to that because I believe that the heart space is the place where the heavenly and the earthly meet and the space for authenticity And I move through this world from my heart space and support others to arrive to their heart space and desire to see a world where we are all living the heart space, the place where heaven and earth meet, allowing us to experience heaven on earth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, finally, Kelly, if people want to get connected with you, what's the most efficient way they can accomplish such an objective, my friends. Yes, of course. Thank you so much again. 
So if you wanted to explore the website where we have the gamut of what we have available from self-led courses all the way up to our retreats and everything in between, you can go to heartspace.co. If you're interested in joining our next round of Permission Granted, the eight-week journey, you can go to group coaching and check out the program there. You're also always welcome to DM me on Instagram at I am Kelly Keith. Let me know you heard me here, something resonated with you, if you have a question. I love connecting, so feel free to DM me there as well. Well, life is all about having conversations, and I'm a lot smarter after having this one. I want to thank you for your work and personal development. You're really making as significant strides of progress forward, and I want to thank you for being here and engaging in conversation with me. It's most appreciated. Right back at you, Kevin. Thank you for creating the space and for having me.